before I uh, jump in the sermon, there are three books that I think would be really helpful for you to read if you have not already while we're going through this series. One is called Hind's Feet in High Places. Hind's Feet in High Places. One is called You Gotta Keep Dancing. You Gotta Keep Dancing. You Gotta Keep Dancing. And one is called Practicing His Presence. Practicing His Presence. Those are three books I think that would really be helpful for you to read um, while we go through this particular series. So in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6 it says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. We're in a series called Scars. It's called Scars, the art of healing. And honestly, I believe with all of my heart, the reason we're sitting here in the dark without electricity is because we're in this series. It has been a challenging week. One of the most difficult weeks I've had in years. So many people who are part of uh, the church and, and, and really um, integral in pulling different things off are sick. It's been amazing to watch what's transpired. And I'm telling you, God wants to impact your life and the enemy wants nothing to do with that, with your healing, with your transformation. Okay, so we got to focus on what God wants for us this morning because God's going to do miraculous things this morning and through this series in our lives. So as we continue our series, Scars, the Art of Healing, um, it's a series that I hope will allow each one of us to really take a step back and reflect on our lives and God's role in the healing process. God's specific role in the healing process. This morning, I want to continue to build a biblical foundation for our series. Turning your wounds into scars is very difficult when you're trying to do that on your own, when you're trying to do that alone. But there's power in knowing that someone is by your side who will never give up on you. That there's someone by your side that will never let you go. Let me illustrate with this story. Some years ago, on a hot summer day in South Florida, a little boy decided to go for a swim in the old swimming hole in his backyard of his house. In a hurry to dive into the cool water, he ran out the back door, leaving behind his shoes, socks, and shirt as he went. He flew into the water, not realizing that as he swam toward the middle of the lake, an alligator was swimming toward the shore. His mother in the house, looking out the window, saw the two as they got closer and closer together. In utter fear, she ran toward the water, yelling to her son as loudly as she could. Hearing her voice, the little boy became alarmed and made a U-turn to swim back toward his mother. It was too late. Just as he reached her, the alligator reached him. From the dock, the mother grabbed her little boy by the arms, just as the alligator snatched his legs. They began an incredible tug of war between the two. The alligator was much stronger than the mother, but the mother was much too passionate to let go. 
A farmer happened to drive by, hearing the screams, raced from his truck, took aim, and shot the alligator. After weeks and weeks in the hospital, the little boy survived. His legs were extremely scarred by the vicious attack of the animal. On his arms were deep scratches from where his mother's fingernails dug into his flesh in her effort to hang on to the son that she loved. The newspaper reporter who interviewed the boy after their trauma asked him if he would show him his scars. The little boy lifted his pant legs and then with obvious pride, he said to the reporter, but look, look at my arms. I have great scars on my arms too. I have them because my mom would not let go. Just like a mother who loves her child will not let go, we have a God who loves us and that God will not let go. The scars on the hands and feet of Jesus are reminders that God in his great love for us refused to let go, could not let go. In Philippians chapter one and verse six, it reminds us that the God who saved us will keep us and never let go until his work is complete in our lives. Our God is working on our lives. Our God is working to heal the wounds that we've suffered throughout our lives. And he will not let go until those wounds are healed. Our God gives us the strength and gives us the perseverance to overcome the wounds that have been inflicted by an enemy that wants to devour our lives, that wants to destroy our lives. That's why you go through what you go through in life. The enemy knows he can't keep you from, from living in an eternity with God. But what he can do in this world is to keep you weak, feeble, fearful, overwhelmed, so you can't fulfill what God has for your life. And so he wants to devour us. In 1 Peter chapter 5, and verse 8, it reminds us, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. That's the enemy's desire, to devour you, to destroy your life, to keep you wounded and not allow those wounds to heal and become scars. Now, before I jump any further into this verse, I want to give you a little background. I want to give you a little context for this verse. In chapter 1, verses 3 through 8, Paul starts out with a prayer of thanksgiving for the church of Philippi. He's praying a prayer of thanksgiving. And it's within this prayer of thanksgiving that he shares the truth of God's sustaining power and God's sustaining grace in our lives. That's what gives us the strength to overcome. He says, being confident of this. In other versions, it says, being sure, being sure of this. Paul is not sure and he is not confident in the Philippians' ability to overcome the struggles and the challenges that they have in their lives. He is not confident and sure of their ability to heal their own wounds, but he is absolutely sure 
and absolutely confident in God's ability to heal their wounds, in God's ability because of God's power and God's grace that is alive and at work in their lives. He says, being confident of this, confident, the word or sure, the word sure, the word sure in the Greek means to be persuaded, to be persuaded, to continue to be certain. We can be certain. We can be sure that God can do the work in our lives to help us heal those wounds and turn them into scars. We can be sure that God can do it. The the success of our journey in Jesus Christ, that we all, that if we know Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the success of our journey in Christ depends on His grace, not on our power. You are not going to be able to fulfill what God has for you or heal from the wounds that have been inflicted upon you on your own, through your own strength. It only comes from the power of God, from the grace of God. And that is where Paul is putting all of his confidence. And that's where we should put our confidence. Our wounds, our wounds can be turned into scars through the power, through the grace, and through the wisdom of God. Now, a scar is a healed wound. We talked about this last week. A scar is a wound that has been healed. And I said last week that it's, it's okay to have multiple scars, emotional, physical, whatever, on your body. What's not okay is to have multiple open wounds on your body. That's what ends up killing us spiritually. That's what ends up killing us emotionally. That's what ends up killing us. If you have open wounds, constant open wounds, that's what's going to hold you back. That's what's going to make life difficult. You cannot go through life. Now, just pause and think about this. You cannot go through life without being wounded emotionally and without being wounded physically, usually. You're an adult here in the room. You have gone through, you have emotional you go, you'll go through times where you're emotionally wounded or you're physically wounded. But you can find healing. You can find God's healing power through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God can turn, take that wound and turn it into a scar. He can do that in your life. Let me give you an example from my own, my own life experience. When I was um, around 10 or 11 years old, my parents had gotten divorced a few years before. During that time when they got divorced, my father took my brother and they moved to the South, ended up in Virginia. My mother kept me and we were in New York. And there was a time in my life where I didn't know where my father and brother were for like two years. Didn't know where they were. Once we reconnected, once we found out where they were, we reconnected, my father would sometimes call me and he would say, hey, I'm going to come pick you up on this day at this time and, uh, and take you and we'll, we'll take you to Virginia and you can be with your brother. And that was great. I, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to spend some time with them. Well, there was one specific time that he called. And he said, hey, I'll be here on this date and I'll be here at this time. And so I got excited, got real excited about it. And so I I packed my suitcase, got my little suitcase all packed up. I was ready to go. 
And in the uh, one-bedroom apartment that we lived in in New York, there was a, a bed that was next to the window. There's a kitchen was here, and then there was a dining room, a little room, and my mother used the dining room to put her bed and put her things there because she let me have the, the bedroom. So I sat, if you sat on her bed, you can see the parking lot. You can see the entrance. So I sat on her bed about starting at 9.30. I sat there at my suitcase, just kind of poised to jump up and run down the stairs and run out the door and jump in the car with dad. And 10 o'clock came around and 10 o'clock came and it, and it went. And I thought, ah, he's late. And I waited and I waited and I waited all day until I finally gave up. And he didn't show up. For years... That was, that was a wound. But over time, God healed that wound and he turned it into a scar. And there's a difference. There's a difference. God healed that wound and turned it into a scar. Now, some of you are still thinking, now, I, I don't understand the difference between the two. So let me kind of walk through this. Again, a scar is a healed wound. You get a wound, you get a cut, you get something in your, on, your, on your body. And your, your wound ultimately scars. So a scar is a healed wound. A wound still has tremendous influence on your life. Think about this. A wound will dictate sometimes your decisions, your choices to do things. For example, you may want to go out for a play. You, want to make, you may want to go out for that team but somehow in the past, you've been, you've been wounded. Something happened, and now you're fearful. So you would like to try some new things, but you don't try those new things because that wound has caused fear in your heart. And so you say no to certain things because you don't, you don't want to put yourself in that situation again. So you're afraid. So you don't do it. It dictates your decisions, and it also sometimes can, can, it really can cause uh, or control your emotions, if you will. There are certain situations in your life because you've been wounded that someone comes and interacts with you and they poke that wound and you, you react to it. You emotionally react to that. Why? Because it's a wound. There's a difference. It hasn't, the wound hasn't turned to a scar, so it can dictate your decisions and it can still control your emotions. Think about this. You reflect on a scar. A scar is something that you can use to actually teach or positively influence the people around you. I do that all the time. I use my scars throughout my life all the time when I'm preaching or I'm teaching or I'm counseling. I can use scars in my life as a way to uh, reach out and impact the lives of other people who may be going through some things that are similar to what I went through. So you, you, you basically reflect on a scar and it helps you in your life to maybe not make those same choices again or to avoid in the right way, avoid certain situations. You reflect on those things. They can help to impact the lives of others. You react though to a wound. Remember I said last week, it, there, you have scars on your body, you know, it's like, eh, you know, no big deal. When you have a wound on your body, it, you think about it all the time. Certain scars you don't even think about. But when you have a wound, I don't care if it's a paper cut or whatever it is, when you are wounded on your physical body, you think about it all the time because it's painful. So you react to a wound. It causes you 
many times to be become defensive or insecure or to distance yourself from other people. See, a scar, a scar helps you become more empathetic. You learn, you can, you can become more empathetic. You become more self-reflective. But a wound often causes people to become self-centered and also creates maybe an unhealthy sensitivity toward other people. A wound is why sometimes we struggle in relationships. That wound makes us sensitive. It makes us defensive because that wound has not turned into a scar. So we're not using it. We're not using it to benefit our lives. It actually is hindering or negatively affecting our lives. Let me give you another uh, example uh, from my own life. I remember I was like 12 or 13 years old, and I decided I was going to jump off this bridge. Now, the bridge wasn't that tall. I jumped off some really tall bridges in my life. It was smarter to jump off the taller bridges because there's more water at the bottom of the bridge, okay? You let, you let the first guy jump off. You let a couple people go first. And if they make it, if there's no rocks down there, then you're like, okay, I'm going to land right where he landed. Okay, that's the smart thing to do. Actually, the smart thing to do is don't jump off the bridge in the first place. Okay? But in this case, it was a smaller bridge, maybe 15 feet tall. I don't know why, but I decided in my bare feet I was going to jump off this bridge. I probably, I probably saw something. I wanted to get down there faster. I jumped off the bridge, and I landed on a sharp rock in the arch of my foot. And I had a deep wound on the arch of my foot. Now, my mother took me to the doctor. And when the doctor tried to touch or get near that wound, I physically and emotionally reacted to the doctor. Why? Because it was that, that, that my wound was in a very sensitive place in my foot. And it hurt. And I didn't want him messing with it. But see, now it's a scar. And honestly, years go by and I don't even think about the scar on my foot. I don't even think about it. Matter of fact, I'm not even sure if that's the right foot that I just banged against. <laughs> it might have been on the other foot. I can't remember. See, it's a scar. It doesn't, it doesn't have a profound impact on my life. But if it was a wound, I'm telling you, you wouldn't be banging your foot against the ground. My, my doctor now wanted to see that scar. He was checking out my foot. I wouldn't react to that. It wouldn't bother me at all. Here's, here's my point. Some of us, some, some of us are still wounded, not scarred, from events that happened 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. We are still wounded. We are not scarred. That wound has not healed. And so we react to our wounds. We react to them. And it's through the power of God that those wounds can be healed. Listen, I can tell you the story about my dad not showing up. I can tell you that story now, honestly, without much emotion attached to it. To be honest with you, without right now, without any emotion attached to it. Now, if I'm in a situation where maybe you're facing the same thing, I can go back and recall those feelings so that I can empathize with what you're going through. But God turned that wound into a scar in my life. God healed that emotional pain, and it's no longer a wound, it's a scar. That is the power of Christ in your life. 
The power of Jesus Christ, here's, here, this is important. It is the power of Jesus Christ to turn a wound into a scar that keeps you and keeps me from allowing our past to dictate our future. That's what so many people do. They spend their whole entire lives allowing their past to dictate their future. But with the power and the grace and wisdom of God in our lives, he turns our wounds into scars and our our past does not dictate our future. We actually use our past to our advantage to impact the lives of others because it's a scar. It's a scar and God has healed the scar. And I'll tell you something else. His grace keeps me from stumbling. So much of the world, so many, so many people in the world just go stumbling through life. But we don't have to stumble through life because of what Jesus Christ has done in and through us and how he heals our lives. In Jude 24 and 25, it says this. To him, listen to the words, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. God is telling us not to put our confidence in our own strength, in our own abilities, our own abilities to overcome the struggles and the challenges and the difficulties of life. But he's telling us to put our hope and to put our trust in the grace and the power of God. Don't try to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Don't try to heal your own wounds. God is saying you can be confident of this. I'm working in you. I'm working through you. I will do that work in your life. You just have to allow me to do it. You need to get out of your own way and allow me to the power that I bring to impact your life and to heal those wounds. Philippians 1.6 continues. He who began a good work in you, he who began a good work, he can lead you through every valley in your life, through the darkest valleys of your life. He can help you climb every mountain that's in your way, every mountain that the enemy has placed in your way. God can give you the strength and the power to climb every mountain. So what is this, what it, what is this work that God has begun? This is important, okay? What is this work that God has begun? It is the work of salvation. But with with salvation, with our salvation, comes what? Transformation. Everything we do, everything we achieve on our spiritual journey comes from God alone. This is so important. The reason we struggle with healing, the reason we struggle with overcoming is because we depend on ourselves. And when we depend on ourselves, we are going to fall short of complete healing. Everything we experience, everything we achieve in our walk with Jesus Christ comes from God alone. Listen, guys, we are not saved and left on our own. We are not saved by God and left to figure it all out. When it comes to our walk with Jesus Christ, when it comes to to our personal healing, He continues to work on us to perfect us. That's what the Bible says. 
God continues to work on you. He's working on you. And he's working to perfect you. In Romans chapter 8, verses 29 and 30, it reminds us of this. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. What is the goal? When God God draws you to himself, the goal of that is that you become conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. If you're being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, you are not going to be walking around like a wounded person. You are going to be a scarred person because you live in a fallen world, but you will not continue to be a wounded person as God transforms you into the likeness of his son, Jesus Christ. That he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. So God is in control, once again, of your entire spiritual process. God, he foreknew. He predestined. He called. He justified. And he glorified. He is in control. And he has the power to take our wounds and turn them into scars. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, it continues, he will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. The phrase will be, will be carried on to completion. Is the Greek, in the Greek grammar, it's, it's, it's basically called future active indicative. Future active indicative. Here, here's what it basically means. It refers to the certainty, the certainty of a future event. The certainty of a future event. God is going to do that work in your life. Now, ultimately, here's the thing. This this completion that he's talking about here is not going to take place in this world. Hear me out. You're like, oh man, hold on. What he's talking about here is this complete healing, the perfect healing is not going to take place on this earth. It's going to take place when we stand face to face with Jesus Christ when we're with him in heaven. Until then, though, hear me out. Until then, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is found in Jesus Christ. Nothing. Nothing will be able to separate us. God will continue to do his work in our lives if we open ourselves up from now, okay, until the day, day we see Jesus Christ, God's going to be working and doing miraculous things in our lives. He is working and doing things in us. You say, what is he doing? What is God doing? Well, he's restoring and he's transforming, right? You got saved and he's restored you and he's transforming you. It says he, he foreknew, he predestined, he called, he justified, and he glorified. But between justification and glorification, we see him in heaven, there's something called sanctification. Sanctification is an ongoing process. Justification is a once and for all event. You bowed your head, you asked Jesus Christ to come into your life, his blood covered you from all of your sin, He adopted you into his family, and nothing can take you out of his family. Justification. Sanctification is an ongoing process, and it's within this sanctification process that God is doing his healing. 
And he's saying nothing will stop that. Listen to Romans 8, 38 and 39. I think this is so encouraging. For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any power, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate, uh, separate us from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus our Lord. He never lets go. He never stops working on our lives and in our lives. Well, you say, well, do, 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 does he let go after I committed that same sin for the hundredth time? No, he doesn't. Well, does he let go when I, when I struggle with, um, with doubt in my life? I have doubts sometimes. I have doubts. Does he let go when I struggle with doubt? No, he does not. Does he let go when I walk away from him because I'm frustrated or angry or didn't do something and I just, I just choose to walk away from him? Does he let go? No, he does not. Does, does he let go when I won't allow him, when I won't allow him to do his healing work in my life? No, does he, that he will not let go. Does he let go when I'm a putz and I won't allow him to do his healing work in my life? No, even when you're a putz, he's not letting you go. Will we let go? No, no. Not only will he not let go, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Nothing. This is why we should be encouraged. One day, we will get glorified bodies and we will be perfect. We will have perfection. But until that time, we don't sit around and go, oh, this is going to wait till I die. No, 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 no. God is working and he's perfecting you to be conformed to the image of the Son, Jesus Christ, right now. He is healing your wounds right now. He is working on it. We just need to allow him to do that work. If we're his children, we can be confident of this, that he who began when you came to know him as Lord and Savior, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So honestly, I'm going to be honest. Stop being a putz and getting in the way of God's work in your life. Allow God to do his work. I need to allow, I need to stop being a putz in some areas of my life and allow God to do the work that he needs to do in my life. If you're a child of God, you can be confident of that. If you're not a child of God, we need to remedy that this morning. Because everything I'm talking about is predicated. It's, it's the foundation is our relationship with Jesus Christ. So I want you to bow your heads with me. I want you to bow your heads with me. Here's the thing. I want you to just process this through with me. The enemy may have a grip on your legs right now. You've swam. You're coming close but he's snatched you by the legs and, and, and caused wounds, deep wounds in your life. And he's trying to drag you under and finish you off. And you know that feeling. The enemy's pulling on you and dragging you down and trying to devour you and trying to finish you off. But Jesus Christ is reaching his scarred hands 
and calling you to true healing. He's reaching out his scarred hands and calling you to healing, to finish his work in your life. Really, to begin his work in your life. In John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. In John 10, 9, it says, in Romans 10, 9, it says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus said in John 10, 10, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. He wants to turn our wounds into scars. He wants to bring healing to our lives. But we need to take hold of him. And once we've done that, you can be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until a day of Christ Jesus. If your desire is to take the hands of Jesus Christ this morning, to ask him to come into you, your heart and live in your heart so that you can have a personal relationship with a living God who will never let you go. If that's your desire this morning, I want you to pray this prayer with me. You don't have to pray it out loud, just say it in your heart. You can just just repeat after me in your heart. Father, I, I need your healing power and grace in my life. I know my sin has separated me from you. And I don't need a pastor. I don't even need a Bible to tell me I'm a sinner. That's pretty obvious. Just by living my life, I I, I recognize I am not perfect. And I know that that sin has separated me from you. And I ask that you would forgive me for my sin and that you would adopt me into your family. I want to become a child, not just a creation, but a child of yours. I want to be adopted into your family. I need your healing grace that only comes through the Holy Spirit. And the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God, I'm asking that you would be the Lord of my life. I no longer want to try to heal my own wounds. I can't do it. I no longer want to walk this life alone. I want to walk with a God who says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you, and never will I let you go. I ask you to come into my heart and begin that transformation process so I could be more like your son, Jesus Christ, each and every day of my life. 
If you prayed that prayer this morning, with everyone's head still bowed, I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I just I want to give you a gift after the service. If you prayed that prayer, I just want you to raise your hand up just for a moment and then put it back down. Amen. 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 No, it's, it, it's so encouraging. It is so encouraging this morning to know that the enemy wants nothing more than for us to stay in the misery and wallowing and suffering and wounded. That's what the enemy wants, to, to, to come in and destroy and kill Leave us wounded. But for those this morning who gave their lives to Jesus Christ, be confident of this, that you have a God now who has began a work in your life and he will carry it on to completion. You can be sure, you can be confident that if you allow the Holy Spirit of God to work in you, if you allow the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ to work through you, that your wounds will be turned into scars. Father, thank you for each person here. I pray, dear God, that this series would continue to open up our hearts, open up our minds. Lord God, give us the courage to deal with what we need to deal with. And throughout this series, I pray, dear God, that you would continue to work in and through us so that we can become complete and whole in you. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for this service. We thank you, dear God, that you brought us here together through your power, that you predestined this time that we would be together in this dark place, if you will, without heat. But instead of choosing just to call it a day and not have church, there are so many people who've given their lives to Christ this morning, and that warms my heart. And the angels in heaven are, angels in heaven are rejoicing. So we praise you and thank you for this Sunday morning that we will never forget. And we give you all the praise and all the glory because you're worthy of it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, love you guys. Have a great, great week.